Sun's out, your audio's on, football's returning, and you right there, clearly you're a smart person. Welcome back to your weekly dose of football lists. I'm happy, you're happy. Let's see if these guys are happy. Are you happy, dads? Yes. You ja- <laughs> well, the sun's out, but it's absolutely boiling, so I could do with a bit of rain or, or a bit of wind or something. Typical English person, always complaining about the weather. It's been one day Pretty much, days. yeah. Oh, I can't have it. That's, that's enough for me. <laughs> my my Irish skin can't take it, I don't think. <laughs> I'm get sunburned. Oh, no. I've just got a, 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 a picture of Jack, red skin, and he's like, Totty whiteies <laughs> and a totty shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm gonna be sick. Just do it. Do it after the podcast. We don't want to. Yeah, that's right. Don't want to interrupt the flow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, it's been nice. It's been nice to have the, uh, the weather. Obviously, mine and Jack's birthdays were recently. But yeah, we um, you know, with that and football as well returning. Um, all the players coming back from training. I don't know. It's just. Things seem to be getting on the up at the moment. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed it stays that way. Palace, I saw, were back today and actually seeing them running around. It's not quite training as normal, but it's good to see them actually wa- getting again. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder like how they're training. I know they're obviously social distancing, but what kind of training? Oh, there's a lot of running. That's um, basically it. I've seen yeah. the videos. It's basically just running, uh, keeping base fitness up, and then very minor ball work. It's quite basic really but you know when it comes to kicking a ball again I'll take yeah. it you know what I mean mm-hmm. now of course but I was just wondering how it's going to impact the league like people's performances especially Chelsea I'm, I'm, obviously I'm, I'm very conscious that they're all still young and um, I don't know their heads might have gone over the last couple of months so it could I make doubt a... it yeah well, I'd say yeah. yeah, he, he's, he's I suppose we can't say too much about that we don't know for sure <laughs> Chat's got an injunction. Just the allegedly. <laughs> allegedly in front of everything. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, Jack was in his tighty white, he's wearing a tighty shirt with red skin. <laughs> uh, no, but let's, let's, um, let's crack on. Jack, tell us what we're doing today. So today we're listing our top 10 individual performances since the year 2000. What I will say is we mentioned that we were going to do this on Monday on the podcast. Since then, the BBC have done their sort of list. And the so- Soccer AM Twitter account tweeted that out. I think it was yesterday. So we are ahead of the game. And it looks like, yeah, BBC and Soccer AM are copying us on Copy that. So that, that's all I'll say. Well, alleged, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> the key word today, allegedly. Yeah, they, they... <laughs> Completely copied us, allegedly. Um, yeah. Do you know what? This this was hard for me. Do you know what? It's not the fact that I don't know any players that had these like top 10 performances, but it's just putting them in lists in order. It's bloody hard. But can I just mention one quickly before we get into the list? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Right. So, obviously, my synapses in my brain were working so hard for this. and They're very tired. But just to mention one player, right, in 2014... Mm-hmm. He put probably the performance of his life in. Big rival to Lampard. Uh, the main thing is, the main thing that stuck in that game was just before half-time, he made a massive assist. He slipped on his ass, and he gave it to Denver Bar. Denver Bar slotted it home. I think that was just one of the best performances I've ever seen. 
I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's not the first time he's done something like that, and I don't think it was the last either. Oh, Gerard. Yeah. Oh, no. That's to mention it. Sorry. That's good. And the other one was obviously did they drop against Arsenal every game? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll crack on. I just wanted to put them in. I don't know if you boys have any honourable mentions. My one is uh, obviously a Palace versus Brighton one. I have to get that in. Zaha in the playoff semi-final against mm. Brighton at Brighton. Two great goals. Sunk them. We, we were underdogs going in and being the first team to beat them. I don't think it was that game, but I just love bringing up that the first team to beat Brighton at the Amex and it's going to be written in the history books and it's brilliant. <laughs> love it. Yeah, that does sound nice for a rival fan, doesn't it? Definitely. What about you, Jack? Yeah, I had one. It was Gabby versus Barcelona in the Champions League when they got to the Champions League final and I think it was the quarterfinals. Physically, he was just on another planet. Strongest player on the pitch, fittest player on the pitch. Just All right, Jack, calm down. Do- dominated, <laughs> dominated Xavi and Iniesta. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't really know much about Gabby before that. And he's not done a ton since, actually. But that game just epitomised Atletico Madrid at that time as well. Like, with all yes. the hard work and, and stuff. And he just overran them. It's not easy to dominate Xavi and Iniesta as well, is it? Very few have done it. Very few. All right, then. Um, nice mentions there. Right, Tom, to kick us off as ever, number 10. My first one on the list, number 10, is Perlo versus England in 2014. I think we remember that one where they knocked us out. Yeah. To be honest, I, he could have been higher. Like, he absolutely dominated England. He was spraying passes, turning people. And we all remember that magical penalty chip against Joe Hart where he absolutely took him down a peg or two. So he had that free kick as well where it seemed like it was going for the near post and swerved massively and hit the crossbar on the other side of the pitch, had Joe Hart's head spinning. I think the fact that England stood off him so much allowed him to play as well as he did. So for that reason, he's only on number 10. He could have been higher. I remember that, um, that penalty. He is, he is a top player, but I mean, that, that penalty there... It just shows a confidence and a class that he's got in it. Sit to find wine after that game, didn't he? Yeah. I'm all proud. Um, right, my number 10. Right. Tom and Jack have both done this in the past. I thought I'd join the bang, Mago. I've got two for my number 10. Both uh, Thierry Henry. My first one was the Inter game. I'm going to let Jack talk about that because I know he's talked to me in the past about that one. Um, and my second one was the Real Madrid game. Now, I don't know if you boys remember when uh, ITV was doing Champions League games. The mm-hmm. best coverage, I thought, anyway. I, I thought, yeah. it, I think it's better than uh, BT Sport. And I remember watching this on Channel 3, and it was built up to be a massive game, and Arsenal were not the favourites. Omri just led that team, as he, as he normally did, from the front. But he just dominated Real Madrid, and not many people can do that at that time as well. He just took them all on. Um, his goal was class. As a, a typical Henri style, he just took the ball forward, like completely played the game in their half by himself. And I just think the biggest crime ever was he didn't get a Ballon d'Or. And you know, I, I just think he was a top player. And to do that against Real Madrid, it's just 
unreal. And obviously the Inter Milan game, where well, I think they they won five one. Am I right, Jack? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, dominated the game. And was this in the lead up to your Champions League final? Final? No, no. The Real Madrid here? one. The Real Madrid one was. Yeah. Yeah, that was, wasn't it? But I remember again, Omri just dominating that game as well. Um, but Jack, if you want to give more detail, because I, to be honest, yeah, I, I, I I'll talk about if, the Inter Milan one um, yeah. a bit later on because I've I've got that oh, okay. higher on my list um, than ten. I, I don't have the Madrid one, but yeah, in the Madrid one, he was a man on a mission. He was sort of taking it by himself, and Ramos particularly just couldn't get near him. And he had that arrogance, and there's that clip at the end of the game where we're one nil up. Just been doing the, the rounds on Twitter. Yeah, keeping the ball, putting it in the corner. That's just like typical Omri. So arrogant. He's he's just one of the best dribblers out there. And mm. yeah, no one could really stop him when he was on top form. Um, but my number 10 is a goalkeeping performance, actually. It's Arsenal related. It is David De Gea versus Arsenal in 2017. So he had a record amount of saves in the game, 14. And, yeah, it's just the best display of keeping I've seen against Arsenal. And I come out of that game thinking, how the hell have we not beaten these guys? We've absolutely dominated them. There was one double save in particular where Lacazette had a shot, edge of the box. De Gea parried it out. Sanchez is about six yards out. De Gea's on the floor. He quickly gets up and saves it. And, yeah, he was just... What, it was like a one-man team. And actually, that whole season, De Gea was class. I think he got he got the record for, like, um, do you know XG? And the most, yeah, and he got, the, like, he outperformed the XG, conceded-wise, better than any other keeper. And it was really? games like, it was games like that. I think we, our XG was about four that game and we scored one. He just, he just was so good that game. Such a good shot-stopper. De Gea when, when he was in his peak. Is that the game Jesse Lingard scored? He scored twice, yeah. Yeah, I remember. They were a Man United wearing black kit. Yeah, and they danced, yeah. Yeah, they danced. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> do you know what I remember? Jack's become a dad. Yeah, yeah. But, you can tell become a dad. But, do you know, like, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even upset that we lost. Like, I was just like, do you know, what? it's one of them. We played so well. And yeah. you just knew that it's just it's frustrating. Obviously, I was frustrated more than I couldn't blame anyone really. The hair was just class. I remember that game. Yeah, he was class. And yeah, I remember. I, I, I might have texted you. I can't remember, but I, I remember just thinking, as a Chelsea fan, that was laughable because you were dominating the game. And then obviously, the hair was the only thing stopping you from from probably winning that game, which sounds stupid because you were three 0 down. But hey, no, but we should have won it. Even yeah. like he. Yeah, there were some really, really good saves. I mean, Lukaku should have scored an own goal as well. He did like a bicycle kick that the hair saved. <laughs> yeah, it, they weren't just the number. It wasn't just the number of saves. It was like the quality of them as well. Is yeah, just so good. Unfortunately. All right, that's a nice, nice start to the uh, to the list, boys. So number nine, Tom. My number nine. I mean, it's Lionel Messi related. To be honest, you could put Messi up against anyone. And it'd be very relevant. This one I'm putting up against Bayern in the Champions League, Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah. One where he absolutely puts Boateng on the floor and just 
deftly dinked the ball over Manuel Neuer, who is probably arguably at the time one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Yeah. I mean, he could have put him against Man United in the final where he scored, I think, two goals, was it? Or was it one goal in the Champions League final? He scored, I think he scored in two finals in a row against them. Yeah. It, the second one with the header as well at Wembley. Yeah. I mean, you could put him in pretty much any game and he could be having the game of your life. But I think the fact that he had massive help behind him as well, Xavi and Iniesta, can't be taken away from him, but certainly contributes to it. So that's why he's only nine for me. But oh, on, them, on them two, your 10 and nine, they've both had a keeper that's been chipped and then they've never really been the same since because Neuer was like the best in the world. Easy. And then after yeah. that, he just kind of dropped off, didn't he? He really People don't really talk cast. about him like that now. And then Joe Hart, well, we all know about Pep Guardiola pretty much taking his legs off. But <laughs> after that, thing, he was on a slippery slope, if you know what I mean, or just the start of it. Yeah. Never really came through after that which is a shame because he's a really good goalie but yeah we all love a chip he just loved himself too much though Joe Hart what year was that um, messy chip on Neuer oh, I don't know to be fair I couldn't find it was it before 2012 nah I think it was 15 because uh, remember when we went to Bournemouth and we watched the Champions League final oh yeah yeah the, the Barcelona one just, I think it was that, yeah. that year just leading into into my one, really. So my number nine was the better keeper in that final, Petr Cech. <laughs> Manuel Neuer, I don't think it was the same since this game. Come on. Obviously, throughout the whole campaign, Cech kept us in the competition, basically. But in this game in particular, do you know what? I don't know. We would not have won the Champions League without Cech. And in that final against Bayern Munich in 2012, 19th of May, I think around 7.45pm, maybe 8, uh, and it finished around 10.30. And for many Chelsea fans, probably finished the next day and hasn't finished, you know, for me ever. I'm still reliving the moment. <laughs> Look, he, he made numerous saves, um, kept us in the tie. Obviously, would have scored that goal at the far post. Well, to be honest, it wasn't his fault. He couldn't do, do, do anything about it. However, in this game, he saved one penalty in uh, we say normal time it was extra time and then in the shootout he saved two sh- two penalties in the shootout um, a lot of people don't think that Bastian Schweinsteiger penalty was his save it was if you look closely he saved it and he pushed it onto the post I just think to do that in such a pressure environment in Bayern Munich's own home you know he had the Bayern Munich fans all behind him to do that in, in such a big game for Chelsea's history right he just led the whole thing from start to beginning of the campaign. Absolute legend of a goalkeeper. I just think he deserves to be on this list. And I, I don't know. Um, he just, in that game, he absolutely dominated. So number nine is better check. Yeah, small margins pushing it onto the post. And that's what wins your games, didn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, my nine is, again, linked to both your nines. It's another goalkeeper one. It's Manuel Neuer. <laughs> I promise this will be this will be my last goalkeeper one. Yeah, I'm uh, expecting one of the car up the list. For me, for, for me, this is his absolute peak game, and this is the most iconic Neuer game there is, which was uh, Germany versus Algeria at the 2014 World Cup. 
So it, I actually remember I was watching it. That's that's sort of how iconic it it was. And um, he he just turned into a centre back basically. He he was he was halfway up the pitch for half of the match. I mean, he did the normal stuff with his catching crosses and saving shots. But yeah, what was so iconic was just the amount of last ditch tackles he did. And I think Mustafi was playing that day, and maybe Mertesacker as well. And yeah. Neuer was Germany's best centre-back that day, as well as being their best goalkeeper. And um, he had 59 touches of the ball in that match, and he had more passes than Andre Schala. 59 touches? Yeah. Ridiculous. And and 20, 21 of those was outside the area. <laughs> That's mad. I mean, to be and, fair, if you've got a centre-back pairing of Mustafi and Mertesacker, you need all the help you can get. I know you so need, I'm, yeah. As it came in. But I mean, he, he did it, and what you were saying, Tom, last week on your on the international sides one about how you knew Germany was going to win the 2014 World Cup. Mm-hmm. This was the game where I thought the same from that moment on because I'm not well. If they've got Neuer in goal, who can play two positions, it's like having an extra player on the pitch. And I, I know a lot of people have done or tried to do the sweeper keeper thing, and I know Neuer did it before this match but this was like him at his best and no one did it like him no, no one could yeah be as good on the ball and I mean to be fair actually a, a good tackler and and he did a few headers as well like it's just something I'd never seen before not not that good not to that level and it was in a big match as well I mean it probably was the match yeah. out of all of them where Germany were but most in trouble and he, he really came through. Yeah, have you seen the story about um, Pep Guardiola when he was at Germany? I think they'd won the title or something. He actually wanted to put Manuel Neuer in centre mid, see how he'd done. But he oh, I didn't know that was a myth. So that was actually... Yeah, yeah he said... That would have been interesting that, to see that. Yeah, he said that um, it, the officials talked him out of it because they'd be taken as arrogance rather than actually to see him actually legitimate do the job if you know what I mean it'd be like David James going up front for Man City when you've won the league that's that's the sort of stuff you can do yeah and to be fair Germany are yeah Bayern are very arrogant though I mean I don't think people think any different anyway might as well I mean it's not like you're going up and putting David James up front for Man City to try and win a must win game against Middlesbrough yeah yeah that was madness or John Macken <laughs> well, a legend. He knows us. <laughs> he Still knows got Jack anyway. Somewhere. Yeah, I've got John Macken's autograph somewhere. I think it's probably in the recycling. I'm not going to lie. I think you get estimated. It's probably worth yeah, about three trillion pounds. Three pound fifty, really. Yeah, probably. Tom, your number eight. My number eight is the emergence of Gary Gareth Bell versus Inter in 2010. You could have the home or away game as well because either one, he absolutely ripped Mike on, who was seen as the next best Brazilian fullback to shreds. And he's, I think he scored a hat trick against Inter at the San Siro. I mean, he still lost 4 3. Yeah. But then to go back to the home ground and then absolutely dominate that game as well, mate, it was the start of Gareth Bell really becoming the player he was at the left wing role. And yeah, number eight for me. 
that made him definitely that that game. And I think that attracted uh, the likes of Madrid to to his name. He, he dominated, didn't he? And I think you know that bail there. I remember. You know, I used to think he was the next Ronaldo. Um, at that time, he just reminded me of Ronaldo a lot. Just the shots he had and the pure physical attributes that he had. Um, mm. But yeah, okay, yeah, so uh, that's a good shout. Uh, my number. Also, oh, sorry. So before you go into yours, the defence he was doing it for as well was also the likes of um, Lucio, Walter Samuels as well. Who let's not get it twisted. They're no slouches, are they? They were. They were the Champions League holders at the time, and. He just made them look like amateurs, and yeah, and also he was only twenty-one at the time. That's what you forget. Like this, yeah, this was his breakout game. He was still so young. Um, yeah, and it wasn't a fluke because he did it over two legs. The physical, the physicalness, the pace, the strength, the directness—just they couldn't, they couldn't get near him. That those over those two legs. Class player. My number eight. So. You hate to play against him. You'd love to have him on your team. Um, and Arsenal. If I was an Arsenal fan, I would be so fuming with my club to offer one pound extra in a transfer negotiation. Just ridiculous. Um, Luis Suarez versus Norwich. Uh, I don't know if you remember this in 2013, where he scored four goals. They were yeah. all like bangers as well, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, that, two of them were half volleys, right? So one. Uh, I don't know if it's his first goal, but basically from the halfway line, maybe on on the D of the halfway or halfway line, he just—I don't know—he just completely took the game by the scruff of the neck, and you know what I said? Look, just give me the ball, I'll score. And you can see it in the goals that he scored, like you said, Jack. The goals are unbelievable. Like he—he he had no fear this game. He just knew he was going to completely dominate. So the first goal, obviously, like I said, he scored from basically the halfway line of volley half volley but the other goal the other one that sticks out it was Gazaresque. so I think he took it down from the air if I, if I remember correctly and then he kicked it round this player I don't know who it was this Norwich player and then he ran around the other side of him and then on a half volley whacked it in the goal and you'd never seen I don't I, I haven't seen I can't remember a time when so many good goals in one game by one person but this guy loved the goal against Norwich absolutely loved the goal yeah. against Norwich no, I don't I was going to say which game were you talking about? Because he just always hat tricks against Norwich. Mm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I, do you know? I don't know how much he's got against Norwich, but I know it's it's probably double figures, definitely. But yeah, this in this game was I think it was four nil. But yeah, he just dominated, and he's a player who would have won in the league if it wasn't for Stevie G's performance, which I've mentioned already. Don't forget Chris Ball as well. We all love Palace's thrill. <laughs> score against them <laughs> coming back from three down can't that's forget a week, that that's a weekly mention of Istanbul yeah <laughs> yeah that's a big for a second I didn't I, I was like what's Chris Istanbul but yeah obviously you can put it down to Chelsea you can put it down to Crystal Palace either way Steven Gerrard slip um, whether it's a slip up at Palace where he, he didn't perform correctly or he slipped physically in uh, against Chelsea all I know for a fact is that they had a player in Luis Suarez dominate games and, and this is one of his main games that he dominated that's a fair shout to be fair that's a good shout yeah but purely individually yeah I think it's a it's definitely a good shout I think the reason he didn't make mine is because of the fact that it was against Norwich and the yeah. the occasion sort of come into it a bit but my number eight is the same as Tom's actually 
Belvies into Milan. Um, I put the San Siro, but yeah, you, you can pick either one really. They were pretty much the same performance-wise. I mean, one he got a hat trick, but both games he just absolutely destroyed Mycon and made him his bitch. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's number eight. <laughs> Mate, listen. If we're allowed to swear on this podcast, let it rip. Because I've not. Sorry, sorry. The sponsor money's gone now. (laughs) Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Right. Peppa Pig wants their sponsorship money back. (laughs) So, Tom, number seven. My number seven. I mean, we keep slagging off Stephen Gerrard, but we've got to give him some credit where it's due. It's the well, it's World Cup, FA Cup final in two thousand and six where he, he just pretty much dragged Liverpool through that game and managed to win in the FA Cup or got them through on penalties or two penalties to actually win the FA Cup. Um, I know he slagged him off a lot. I know Jordan loves slagging him off, but I think credit where credit's due, he deserves to be on the list for that, and especially that absolutely thumping volley right near the death. Oh, yeah. yeah it was a good he start. actually rifled it. Like, I didn't realise how far out he was until I saw it again recently. And it's just the ball just kept going back and back and back. I was like close to the halfway line. I was like, is it actually this far back? And then just to thump it that hard. Yeah. Apparently so, he had but, cramp and he couldn't he couldn't move. So that's why he hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember who's it might have been on the Peter Crouch podcast, someone might have nah. said that on there, but I I I don't know. I think that's one of them uh, urban legends. But No, I've, he said I've, Peter Crouch put in his book, to be fair. Oh, that's what no. it was in the, yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, if I I've, if it means I hit a shot like that, I need cramp every <laughs> minute of the game. Yeah, I know I slag him off a lot, but yeah, it it, it, it should be on the list definitely. Um, it's not mine, obviously. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, you did mention Tom um, World Cup, and Liverpool fans will probably see that as the World Cup as well. Um, so yeah, you know, whatever. No, my number seven, I don't know, it should be on your list, potentially not. Uh, David Becker versus Greece? No, not on mine. No. On pure individual performances, right, it doesn't, the the main thing obviously stands out. Anyone doesn't know, has lived under a rock, but his free kick at the end, I've never seen such a perfect free kick in my life. Even the run up is so Beckham, like the the arm out, you know, the the spin, the kicking on the side of the ball. It was just leaning back. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It was one of the most Beckham free kicks you can ever get. But in this game, even though he was, lo- like, he was losing, whatever, he, um, his performance in that game, everything was ha- we just wasn't going in. The ball wasn't going in the back of the net. That was the problem. Mm-hmm. But he was dominating. He took it on his, himself to go in every single position. Similar to what like, Wayne Rooney does. Just want to win, whatever happens. It doesn't matter where he's playing. He's going to pick that ball up, do his job, and do everyone else's job. And in that game, he did. It just wasn't happening for the whole team in that game. If he didn't score that goal, it would definitely have been overshadowed. It wouldn't. We wouldn't have even considered this at all. But in that game, he played brilliantly. That free kick just topped it off. It was like the Arsenal on the cake. It just stepped up, taking the most perfect free kick I've probably ever seen, um, and sending them into the World Cup tournament, didn't he? One of the most iconic goals ever. And one yeah. of the most, you know, for me, one of the best individual performances um, I've seen anyway. Yeah, he's on my list, but higher up. So I'll go more into that later. I can't really comment because I, I think the first sort of England game I briefly remember 
was the five one Germany. Mm. That yeah, that's sort of when I was getting into it. So I know, I know that Greece game was after, but I I don't really remember the ins and outs of it to know the actually how good a game he had on that one. Um, but speaking of World Cup, my number seven was in a World Cup knockout game, and it was Kylian Mbappe versus Argentina. Mbappe, Mbappe. And I've, what I've got a lot of on this list is just and just I've got, like anyway, it was like just the physicality, the the speed, the power, um, and Mbappe was the Argentinian defenders could not get near him. I think like minute one, minute two, he ran half the pitch. Um, got fouled outside the edge of the box and Griezmann took a free kick. I think he hit the bar or something like that. So that was the first warning sign that Mbappe could carry the ball 50 yards. Um, he did it again and won a penalty that Griezmann put away. And then, you know, when they needed him, he got the two key goals to get them through. And it was sort of billed as um, Messi versus well, not really Mbappe, just Messi versus France because they had quite a few good players. But Mbappe just completely overshadowed Messi. And just that that pace was something else. He might be the fastest out of, out of all the, the quick players, you know. And that game, was it's weird seeing a 19-year-old having that much confidence and arrogance to just be the, the main man of that team with so many good players at such a young age. And yeah, the ball's on him to... To have such a big game there, that just shows the mentality that he's got. And it, yeah. it was a big stage, and that was kind of the making of him because he was a star before that, but he became a superstar after that game. Like, top, he went from maybe being in the top 20 players in the world to like a top five. You read that in that? Yeah, it was a proper breakthrough moment, and the power. On him, I think the pace when he's dribbling on the ball as well, like it's easy to be fast. Well, I say easy to be fast. I'm quite slow, but it's easy <laughs> easier to be fast when you're. <laughs> it's easy Not to be fast the about the ball, but when yeah. you're on the ball, still be seen as just as quick is, especially at that top speed as well. Yeah, it is mind blowing because it wasn't just the goals. It was he was just continuously knocking it past players and and getting fouled in dangerous areas. Mm. And France are good at free kicks and stuff as well. So, you know, when he did get fouled there, it, it did cause a problem for Argentina. Mm. And yeah, he just had to be on there as well for the fact that he was 19 and doing that. Yeah, age, oh. being so yeah. young. Nice. Right. I mean, yeah, um, if you're saying Bolt's listening to the podcast, Tom says it's easy to be fast. <laughs> it's easy to be fast. I don't I'm believe he is because we don't. We get the uh, we get the data, and I don't think we've had any listeners from Jamaica yet. I may Come be on, wrong, Jamaica! What are you doing? But <laughs> you need to sort yourself out, Jamaica. Come on, Tom. Oh, your it. turn. Number six, well, I think we're on, aren't we? Yep. Number six. Yeah. My sixth one is. Chat will like this as well. It's Andre Arshavin's four-goal thriller against Liverpool in a 4-4 draw. I mean, nice. Liverpool are no small team. And to score four against them, to keep your team in it, it it's, it's mind-blowing, to be fair. I mean, to get a hat-trick against a big team, you are very happy with the performance. To get four, he looked surprised when he was running around celebrating 
he was telling me shush like he was trying he was trying to think be like what what's just happened like he put four past liverpool and yeah for that deserves to be on the list that's it yeah i was considering it but just the fact that we didn't win the game that's uh that's what stopped him making my 10 i think well, that's a defence's fault, really, to be fair, isn't it? It's definitely not his fault, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It just, uh, yeah, maybe it's a silly reason. But, yeah, that was, like, an iconic... And that celebration, just the four fingers up as well, yeah. is pretty memorable. I was considering putting it on my list, but I didn't want to have too much Arsenal-related stuff on my list, whether they're losing or, or they are on the list for a good reason. Um, but they seem, to be, they seem to be creeping on every single element of this list at the moment. I don't know how. Um, my number six is... Big Neymar. 10, that's well. Yeah, right. <laughs> what have you won in the last couple of years? Or FA Cups? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, what's his name? Martinelli did a, a run from the halfway line. Oh, oh. It yeah. was inside, it was inside our half, actually. Oh, yeah, inside the half, yeah. <laughs> we'll get onto that later on, actually. Uh, Neymar. What, is that yes. on your list somewhere? No chance. No chance. Yeah, he's my number one. Um, yeah, Neymar for his PSG. Yes, that's V's PSG. Uh, yeah. 2016. Obviously, we all know about this game. I think you should know what game this was. Barcelona coming back to win 6-5 on aggregate, I think it was, at the end. And that game at New Camp was unreal. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a comeback like it. But the skills he had on display, I've, I've noticed now, everyone's, everyone on this list has led the team to a win. In this game, I think he was pivotal to all of it, really. He was the one who set the free kick up at the end to give it to... Oh, what's his name? Sergio Roberto. Is it Sergio Roberto who scored that that volley? Or was it volley? Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, pivotal to that. And he's just making driving runs into the box. I think he won a penalty that game as well. And just Neymar was the centre of everything. Um, and I think that must have been the reason, uh, you know, that PSG looked at him and thought, you know what, let's spend big bucks on this guy. Because, mm. yeah, he dominated that game completely. I don't know whether you know you guys have him on your list at all. No, but what I remember about that one is, so obviously Messi's their main free kick taker. Yeah. And then Neymar just took the ball off him and then scored a free kick near the end. And that was quite significant. I was like, oh, blimey. He's, uh, is he the main man now? And then he yeah. took the penalty at the end. And again, Messi normally takes the penalties. And yeah. just what I mean. It's just he just took it over. Just yeah. someone who led led the game and thought, you know what, I'm gonna win this for us. And to do that to come back from that kind of you know, I think they were like three or four nil down or something stupid from uh Parc de France. Four nil, um, yeah. Um so yeah, so like to do that is unreal and Neymar was probably the main guy who sorted that all out. So yeah, he's my number six. I read somewhere that um PSG didn't actually buy him. The owners gave him the amount of money that needed to buy him out of the contract. So he bought himself out of the contract and then they uh, gave him the big contract after as like a thank you for actually doing it. So they never oh, actually yeah. bought him. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah allegedly. Quite, the key word that's is quite allegedly. common actually in Spain. I think their release clauses work a bit different to mm. in other countries. But yeah, I mean, imagine that. So what they get? Did they give him the money first? It's a lot of trust. Yeah, I think so. Either way, yeah, either way, it's a lot of trust. 
I mean, you're not if you're in the superstar eye, you're not really going to go run off with somebody else's money, are you? You're not really going to get very far. You could do no. that. You could have just played it off like, no, I didn't get the money from PSG. Well, I think you find bank details actually are there. It's probably written in a contract that I will give you this amount of money as long as it goes on this. No, it was it was two hundred million in cash. Yeah, <laughs> it was a suitcase. It was just a suitcase. No paper towel. More than a suitcase. It'd be bloody plain full of cash. That would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Jack, your number um, six. My number six. I reckon this is probably in at least one of your lists, if not both. Sedan uh, versus Brazil in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't score in the game, but he, he set up the goal for, for Omri. But it was just, the main thing was just, he was playing against like, we, we touched on it in a few podcasts, that Brazil team was just unreal. And France were a bunch of old, over-the-hill players, really. And I mean, he was deemed then over the hill he was like 34 this was his last tournament he just turned it on and became prime Zizou and I mean I talk about pace and power and that obviously he didn't have pace but he just had that old man strength Uh, no one could knock him off the ball he still had the skill I I don't have the dribble numbers but he he probably did sort of 10-11 take-ons and he just did he did the roulettes the step-overs it was just He's on him more for the fact he was just a joy to watch. And it was like watching the old Zidane. Um, he just put on a show. And just so good. I, I doubt he lost the ball all game. I um, mean, it, it was one of them games where people will talk about it for years and years to come. 100%. He's on my list. And I don't want to go any further, Jack, because uh, Fine. I need to speak about him. But yeah, he's on my list. Tom, your number five. Right. Speaking of five, it runs up quite well. Lewandowski's five versus Wolfsburg in 2015. He scored it in eight minutes, didn't he? Yeah, some ridiculous time. Yeah. I mean, that uh, in itself oh, is just... I should have put that on my list. Yeah, I didn't that even realise I put him five. Yeah, I should have put that on mine. Yeah. I mean, I know it's Wolfsburg, I know it's a Bundesliga game, but just to score five goals in eight minutes, it sort of mirrors Danny Butterfield's six-minute hat-trick against Wolves <laughs> in the FA Cup Palace. Of course. I mean, it's almost on there. I mean, Exactly I what I was Danny thinking Butterfield. at the time. I may have Danny Butterfield on my list, you don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, uh, number five, well-deserved Lewandowski. Wolfsburg were good then, though, weren't they? Isn't that when De Bruyne played for them? Or he'd, or he'd just left, maybe? He'd just left. I think they'd they, like, I guess um... they, they were still pretty good. They must have been decent still, because I think they finished second the year before. So, yeah. yeah. Wolfsburg oh, yeah. the same since. I should have put him on my list, actually. I completely forgot what happened. Oh, you had a guy at me last week. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not as, not as bad a, a faux pas as, as your... Missing out Brazil 1962, but um, I like how you yeah. uh, missed out the swear word there. Well done, swearing Thank earlier you. on. No, you it's also bad as you put in Lewis Dunk on your team as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're going to forget oh, about this God. now, lads. Come on. <laughs> no, we want people to listen to those episodes. So I think we need, to, we need to give them something a little bit of a shameless plug in the middle of a different thing. Like sure. It. Well, if they listen to this episode, you're two weeks behind. Hurry up. Listen to, <laughs> listen to them once and then we can get over it. Um, 
Right, so my number five. Do you know what, though? <laughs> I'm just gunning down Jack. I haven't got Lewandowski on there, but I should have put him on there. Uh, <laughs> that's a hat trick. <laughs> it's a hat trick of, of, of muck ups every week. Um, oh. So, yeah, number five for me was um, Ronaldo uh, versus Atletico for Juve. This was a 3 0 win, and he scored a hat trick. I suppose cause I, I think he had the extra edge in him because it was against like an old rival. Um, so yeah, they were. I think they were two 0 down in the first leg. So it was a Champions League game, this, and then in the second leg at Juve's home, um, is it called? Oh, is it the old ladies that we call it? Um, that's Juventus, yeah. Yeah. Stead, yeah. Nickname. Yeah. 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 What a name. Um, they were two 0 <laughs> down in the first leg, and then um, Ronaldo obviously never wanted to lose. I've, I've probably out of Messi and Ronaldo, actually definitely out of Messi and Ronaldo, he's the best leader. 100%. He's the one that takes like, he will get mad at you if you do something wrong and have a little strop and whatnot. But his sheer determination in this game to not lose to Atleti, I think just shone. And to go and score a hat-trick with two classical, like classic Ronaldo headers, you know, where he stays in the air for about 10 minutes, waits there, waits for the game to carry on and then he just puts one in. So two of those and a penalty just absolutely killed the game off. Um, so, yeah, that's my number five. Right. Before I go into my number five, I was just thinking about Lewandowski. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't even his best game. Do you remember when he played Real Madrid and he scored four? Yeah. Oh, yeah, such a goal That's another one. That, yeah, but oh well. You could have kept it quiet now. No. He has a lot of good games. But no, like, the one that's number five on my list... Um, also against Real Madrid, was Ronaldinho at the Bernabeu. So um, for some reason. So low, yeah, sorry. I, I probably, I won't, I won't say too much yeah. on it then, because I sense that, <laughs> that you, you'll have it on the list. But just, obviously, the, the, the thing everyone remembers is he got a standing ovation at the Bernabeu. Something that Messi's never got. I think only Maradona's ever got it from a visiting Barcelona player. Um, and, I mean, that in itself shows you how good he was that game. But I'll, I won't say too much because I don't want to take the shine away, especially if it's Ronaldinho talk. I'll leave it to the expert. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we'll move on Thank to you, number four. <laughs> that wasn't for you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I am the expert because up now, my number four is Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid. <laughs> I'll leave it to the expert. Sure, I'll leave it to the expert. But I'm just going to say a mention on the defence that he was playing against that time. It was, you had Salgado, I think Marcello. Was it Marcello? Was he coming around? Or was it, it might still be Roberto Carlos. Carlos was starting. You still mm-hmm. had Hierro, El Guerra. They were like a big back four of like quality defenders and he made them look like absolute nothing. So yeah, I'll leave Jordan, the expert apparently to talk about it more later on. But yeah. It's apparently, apparently, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly the expert. Uh, right. So my number four, uh, I, I, I take good pride in saying this one, even though it's not a Chelsea player. Uh, Messi versus Arsenal. Jack, this must be your number one. Uh, in 2010 he absolutely tore you a new one didn't he absolutely tore you one everything came from him first goal was top bins I 
That first goal was unreal, by the way. He just pinged it. Uh, second goal, obviously, he just runs into a loose ball like he normally does. So it's just, for some reason, Messi gets space everywhere. And he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. And that's not just by luck. It's just him knowing where to be. And just slots it in the back of the net. But my, my favourite one, Messi must have got this from Ronaldinho. Growing up watching that and seeing this happen, and I used to try it all the time, uh, little dinks and little chips. Uh, we all played together. I used to do it on the wing all the time. Messi, in this game, I think it was his third goal, I think he won a header versus Vermaelen, if I'm right, or Vermaelen must have missed the header. One of those. But his instinct, Messi, just to turn on the halfway line, start his run, receive that ball, and then run past a defender, run, keep keep running, and just dink it over. Would it have been Lehman at the time, Jack? I think it was Amunia, actually. It may have even been Chesney. It was one kind of, of the time when they was uh, switching over. It was one oh, of yeah. them, too. He just dominated it. He put it over them. He just reached the defenders and dinked it. And look, I give Arsenal a lot of stick, but let's be honest. Arsenal, at that time, were getting into the Champions League every year. And they still had, at that time, I suppose, a foundation of still being a, a team that you wouldn't want to put, come up against. Um, and Messi just destroyed him. Just made him look amateur. So, yeah, he, he's my number four. Fair enough. Um, you right, Jack? Uh, yeah, sorry, just wiped my tears away. Good. <laughs> um, my number four, Tom's already mentioned him, Steven Gerrard, V's West Ham. Yeah, he got two goals, he got an assist, he just came up clutch. This was the thing with Gerrard, he either let you down massively in the big moments or just produced some of the best performances of all time. There sort of wasn't a middle ground with him. And you know on that centre mid episode where I said that I think he had the highest ceiling like on an individual game. Yeah. In like a one of I think this game just proves it really. Cause he this is the sort of stuff that the phrase grabbing the game by the scuff of the neck is made for. By he the scuff of the neck. Scruff of the <laughs> neck. <laughs> Sorry. He just Sorry. uh he just took it to West Ham. Um, I don't know what Liverpool were playing at. They were terrible that day. And he, he was just like a one-man army. And he was involved in every single thing. And, the, I mean, the technique to do that volley at the end and the mental ability as well, because you know it's practically the last kick of the game and you're shooting from like 40 yards or whatever it was. I mean, if that hadn't have gone in, the managers would have absolutely destroyed him but he did and that was that was the player that he was he was the man for the the Hollywood moment um, he did let Liverpool down a few times but yeah there was for every time he let Liverpool down he, he did have games like this as well where he just carried him through to and be fair uh, if Gerrard had missed it then you'd still be like it's Gerrard he could have scored he didn't I mean he was so good that game anyway yeah he, he built up enough credit <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was that. This was definitely his best game in his career. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Even better yeah. than uh, versus Chelsea in 2014. Well, what about when he played Chelsea and he scored no goal in the League Cup final? That was a good one as well. <laughs> I've got to well, this, that is, one. this is what I mean. Yeah, he he he's got his his big moments, both positive and negative. But this this was his 
his positive, as it were. Um, yeah, but, I feel like a bit of Gerald Bastion. Yeah, exactly, standard. <laughs> All right, that's Jesus Christ. Um, Tom, your number three. My number three uh, is one you've mentioned before, Jordan. It's David Beckham versus Greece in 2001. Mm. I think what resonates with me, because when I watched it as a young lad, it actually, because he scored in the last minute from the free kick as well as playing and dragging England through that game, was more the fact that him scoring in the last minute sort of made me believe after that that any goal could go in at any time of the game. Like in the last minute, you could still win the game or get something out of it in the last minute. It doesn't always happen. You always just believe. And I think after seeing that as a kid, you just always believe that, yes, a goal can go in at any time. Any time the ball goes in the box now, as an adult, I see it. That feeling like I did when David Beckham scored it, it still comes up and it's like, we've got a chance here. Come on. But yeah. Just throughout the game, dragging England through. And even though he did, he missed quite a few free kicks before that. To then score it in the last minute, just it was just drama. And that's why he's number three on my list. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, it's it's more of the mental side for me in that one, um, which is weird. I don't know how you can't measure. I, can you measure an individual's performance mentally, like how they've performed on the pitch? I suppose, you sure. know, we've just missed out. Uh, but he missed that by a year, but we all know Roy Keane versus Juve in 1999 was probably the best ever. Um, but that was mentally, you know, that's, that just shows someone just taking it on um, by themselves. Um, and Beckham did that. Um, so that's a good shout for number three. And I'm, I probably didn't do justice putting him that far back on my list. I mean, I certainly didn't. But then, as I've said, I'd, I probably would have had to done a lot of research and stuff to actually come up with that because I, I don't really remember it um, myself. Yeah. It, was his, it was his redemption game as well after getting sent off against Diego Simeone. So people yeah. before this weren't still pretty happy, with, weren't really happy with Beckham. But after that, it changed the fortune for him. He's become a national treasure since that game, to be fair. So oh. it was like a turning point for him. Yeah, definitely. Um Right, so my number three is the big man himself, um, the original, the main uh, Ronaldo for me, um, R9. I remember watching this game again on the classic ITV Champions League night. I swear to God, I need to bring that back. ITV was so much better than um, BT Sport. Only when there was no Adrian Charles. When Adrian Charles came on, I couldn't watch it. Oh, no. Clive Till- it had to be Clive-, Clive Tilsley and Jim Beglin, particularly Clive yeah. Tilsley. Yeah. We should try and get him on. Yeah, we should. Uh, be, uh, <laughs> Get your contacts, Jack. So right, I'll, I'll, I'll sort it, lads. Don't worry. Clive Tills, nice. I've got him on my address book. Yeah, so look, we all know, we spoke about Ronaldo in our, our previous episode, the, the uh, top 10 Brazilians. And bar Pele, Ronaldo, this Ronaldo was just the best ever striker. You know, and well, like we said, he's just riddled with injuries and he could have become the best ever striker if he wasn't Pele. But in this game, uh, obviously, Real Madrid played Man United at Old Trafford. Uh, Fatty Ronaldo, he scored a hat-trick, a beautiful hat-trick. Just, again, take, took the game by the scruff of the neck. And I think this is, this is the game that probably convinced David Beckham to join Madrid. Um, yeah. I remember watching it and thinking, 
Beckham wasn't starting that game, and it was a bit of a sign because you saw the like, newspaper. I think this all was all leading up to when Fergie kicked the boot at him as well. Um, I might be wrong, but it was that think, season. Yeah, it was all leading up, and you just knew Beckham was going to join him. But watching this game, you probably Beckham sitting sitting there thinking, Jesus Christ, they just like ripped into us. Imagine me playing passes to this guy, you know, and Ronaldo was just. He was, his game that that day was just positionally unreal. I suppose he wasn't as fast as what he normally was when he was younger, but he placed himself perfectly on the pitch, ready to receive the ball. And every time he got the ball, he just knew he was going to do something with it. And such a perfect striker. Um, and this game, he just showed, showed it. He just shone. Um, the passing, moving, and obviously scoring that, that hat-trick is why he's my number three. Yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier about like how certain players, we didn't watch them every week, but it was them Champions League games that you yeah. sort of knew about them and the and you know all the Fifas and all that. And obviously Ronaldo was like legendary already. I mean, we watched him enough playing for Brazil, but that night there there would have been a lot of expectation on the likes of um, Ronaldo, Zidane, Figo, and stuff for the English audience. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. He's not actually on my list, but I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, maybe I should have put him on there. there here, Jack. <laughs> I, I have. Thank well, God. To be, I mean, I've not had a mayor yet, and I think both of you you have. So I'm gonna hatch Me? To be, well, what was mine? Vieira and Keane at seven. Yeah, come on, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was bound <laughs> to happen. I've, we've got enough episodes in, but um, my number three, Jordan's already mentioned it earlier, is Thierry Henry versus Inter Milan. So, I mean, like that Real Madrid side, that Inter Milan side was was stacked with names, particularly in their defence, because uh, they had Cannavaro and, and Zanetti, but you wouldn't have known watching that game that they were any good because Henry just made them look like school kids. Um, I talk a lot about physical tools and stuff, the pace, the power and this was properly on display tonight and this was this was the first time I realised that Omri actually is the best player in the world after watching this I mean we were the underdogs and it, it was just his typical arrogance like nah, when we're not losing this um, he, he got two goals, two assists that game and just the dribbling was amazing, I think the Obviously, he scored more in this game than the Real Madrid game. I think the other thing that makes it better as well is what I said earlier against the Real Madrid, it was sort of a one-man show and he was kind of the only one in, in their half. But against Inter Milan, he managed to to get a lot of people involved. He managed to get Lundberg involved a lot, Pires a lot. And yeah, he, he set up Lundberg and uh, he set up, I think it was either Pires or Edu he set up as well. Um, and yeah, so his hold-up play was probably the best that night that I'd seen. And it was a, a big, big game. If we lost that, we were going out. Um, but we won it. And that was the invincible season as well. And that kind of kicked us on from there. So it was a, a big moment in the season. And he should have won the Ballon d'Or, definitely, as Jordan already said. that I would have thought that would have uh, convinced the voters to give it to him. But yeah, obviously not. Um, Who won it that year? Nedved won the Ballon d'Or and Zidane won the World Player of the Year. 
So, but Omri finished. The bitterness. Henry <laughs> finished second in both, so I don't, I don't get how that works. It's, oh, it's very strange. The bitterness when you said Ned Fed, like <laughs> Ned Fed won it. <laughs> yeah, like because back because now it's only one uh, individual trophy, isn't it? But back then it was two, so he finished second in both. And I think he, the year later and the year later he kept finishing second. And yeah, he just should have won it, but um. I suppose enough bitterness. Uh, what's, your, what's your number two, Tom? <laughs> My number two was Ronaldo versus Man United. Um, I mean, he just tore United apart. Great goals. I think he got a standing ovation as well at Old Trafford as well. So, yeah. I mean, he's already been mentioned about. He was, wasn't the same as he was before. He was still... Like I think it was the part where he started becoming Fat Ronaldo because he was just not as quick as he was at Inter, not as uh, scary, but still could damage people, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, that's why he's number two on my list. Yeah, he was a class player, um, but he's looking like he's reaching into everyone's top, top three. I don't think, Jack, you haven't got him... But, um, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, uh, we'll, so, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe our joint one. I'm, I'm quite happy to admit I'm, I've, I've missed the ball on that. I wonder if I count that as another Puskas moment. Um, <laughs> right. So, my number two is now I was battling hard between my two and one Zidane in the World Cup. <laughs> Jack already said it already. Um, I was surprised it was that, that low in Jack's list, to be honest, but he, um, Same. He was just strong, setting up opportunities all the time. Tackle hard. I think he made the only assist in the game, which is a, a free kick from, from the left-hand side. He pushed forward. He came back. Um, he, a complete game from a complete midfielder, really. Look, I, I think he's the best centre-mid that's ever graced the game. And he just triple-deed it, man. He absolutely triple-deed it, dominated, dictated it, and decided it. And I think Zidane could have been number one. Is that a phrase then? Yeah. Is that a phrase? I've never heard that. Phrase, mate. This is going to be hashtag hashtag triple D. Triple D. We're going to get some dodgy dodgy pictures sent to that hashtag. Blimey. Allegedly. But allegedly, he makes mine my top two. Just missing out on number one. Um, But yeah, he dominated that game. Fair enough. My number two, number one, yeah, but um, my my number two is also Ronaldo, but unlike Tom, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's his game versus Sweden, uh, the hat trick game, which is the one that pretty much decided his 2013 Ballon d'Or. So I mean, he he came up in the big moment, got well, he got the goal at the start. And then uh, Zlatan scored twice. And then they they were in a bit of trouble. They were potentially heading out of the World Cup. And, um, yeah, he, he proved clinical at the end and he, he got two goals. But it, it wasn't just a, a game for Ronaldo where he, he came up in the big moments. He was a threat all night. He was always getting behind the Sweden defence. He had loads of shots. Um, it wasn't one of them games where later on he... Nowadays, Ronaldo sort of stays more just in the penalty area, but then he was he was always on the ball, 
creating or getting on the end of chances. Um, and he, it was probably peak Ronaldo where he was like, he'd learned how to score goals, but he still was really strong, really fast. Um, probably in his physical prime then. And this is, for me, his most iconic game, more than the Juventus Atleti game. Um, and he, yeah, he just dragged Portugal through because they did not have much else, really. And not even this, a dare. No, no, not at that time. Oh my god, they didn't even have a dare. Obviously, if they did, then he would have had a bit of help. Different story. Um, but yeah, they they didn't even have a dare that game. So for, for that, <laughs> he's he's got to be number two on my list. Fair enough. I didn't even think about that one. Um, but yeah, it's um. Ronaldo, Ronaldo does what he does best. Um, Tom, your number one. My number one was Jordan's number two, Zidane versus Brazil. I think when you watch the game, you actually realise how good he can be and was by the fact that he just effortlessly made it look like it was a France versus Stoke match. And it was Brazil they were playing. It was, he just that. he made them look like they were playing against Stoke. He made Brazil look like Stoke that game. Like just lifting it over Ronaldo's head, giving it to his teammate, getting it back, putting it somewhere else, putting it somewhere where the other team couldn't get the ball. It was just how to be a centre midfielder that game. You couldn't. I don't think you could play any better, and that's why he's number one for me. Yeah. Um... I'm so debating whether that should be. I'll, I'll be happy with that list if we put, keep that number one in the final list. But yeah, he. But we talked about the Brazil team of 06 in our previous episode, didn't we? And um, look, that team was world class. And for uh, Zidane to do what he what he does, you know, they're still a big names then. You know, they were on a downward spiral, but they they still were world class. But Zidane doing what he did to them at such an old age, really. Um, just absolutely dominated, didn't he? And he's just a top player, just an unreal player. Um, I'm going to go to my number one. You can probably guess what it is. Um, five pound for whoever guessed it right. <laughs> Ronaldinho. Oh, oh I first. didn't get to say it. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> lads. Five pound from both of you. Yeah, Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid, 2005. Look, Tom mentioned it that. You know, how Messi, I think you mentioned previously, how Messi actually was the main man in that game. Um, mm. I don't think that's right. I think he messed, don't get me wrong, Messi did play well in that game. He was dictating things. But I think because Ronaldinho does so, like, he's just amazing, like, the way he plays. But he never gets credit for the simple stuff he used to do as well. I mean, I used to love the way he passed. So his passing would just be like a one touch. As soon as he get the ball, he'd just come out of the street straight away. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have to think. There'd be no thinking time between ball coming to him and his pass going going out again. It, Speaking it of just... passes, do you remember um, his pass against? I think it was Chelsea, was it? Where he sort of just glides it across. He's on the left hand side, touches it out his feet, goes past someone. And just hits the ball in such a certain way, it just places the ball perfectly. This is what I mean. In front of the striker. This stuff. That this is what I mean. Thing. The stuff that he does, like stuff like that, he didn't get credit for. He got credit for all the skills and the fancy stuff he did. But 
you know, he did all that, you know, all the passing and all the simple stuff in this game perfectly. But obviously, and rightly so, people are going to remember it for what he did in that game. You know, he got he got a stand ovation and a clap from the Real Madrid fans, which not many people do get. Um, Don't get it, I think. You know, not at all, not in an El Clasico. And the fact this was an El Clasico, and Ronaldinho just completely dominated, dribbled through the basically the whole Real Madrid team like it was nothing, flicking it over their heads, taking them one way, taking them another way, flip-flapping, doing whatever he bloody wanted to do. Um, just read the game so easy and just made Real Madrid look like a proper amateur team. I mean, you say Stoke, they made bloody, it made it look like Fleetwood. That's how Ronaldinho just dominated this game. And that goal, obviously, that's the most famous goal I've seen in a Real Madrid, an El Clasico, a Real Madrid-Barcelona game. And I, I, I might be biased because, obviously, Ronaldinho was my bloody idol at that time. But, obviously, he took the ball from halfway line, took on four players, took them out of the game, basically, including the keeper. And then, you know, that's it. The rest is history. Jack, I know I said earlier on about the Martinelli thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do, yeah. Right, so you Arsenal fans, bang on about this Martinelli goal, right? Kante slipped and Martinelli had the whole world in front of him. If he, I'd be more surprised if he missed, right? But you're the one that keeps bringing it up, not I'm me. just saying. <laughs> I've never bring it up. I'm you, Arsenal fans. I'm gonna put you bring you it up every category. two or three weeks. Whatever. I'm bringing it up because I'm making sure you know, right, and you Arsenal fans listening know that was not a good goal. It wasn't amazing. This is how you take... John's gone from Ronaldinho to talking about Martinelli. Like, how has this happened? I'm going to link into that. I'm going to link into that. This is how you score a goal from the halfway line. You go go and watch this game. This is how you score, right? Ronaldinho actually took players on, actually dropped his shoulder, made a Defender fall over, made another defender fall over, and beat the keeper. This is how you do it. Ronaldinho is the best player for me that's ever existed in the planet. Better than Martinelli. In <laughs> <End> the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah. my no- my number one hasn't even made either of your two top ten, um, which is Messi versus Real Madrid in 2011 Champions League semi final. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand how this hasn't made your guys' list. Because to be this fair, was... to be fair, I put Messi versus Bayern, but that could be Messi versus anyone. Yeah, I mean, this like, for me, yeah. this was the biggest game of the decade. Because um, this was when Mourinho came to Real Madrid, and they actually were going far in the Champions League. But at that time, when Ronaldinho did that to Real Madrid, Real Madrid were a bit of a mess. When Messi did this to Real Madrid, Real Madrid the next year would win the Champions League, the La Liga, and the next couple of years after that would win the Champions League. And I mean, you said it earlier, Messi just always finds space. He was constantly finding space in the final third, keeping the ball in the final third, dribbling past all sorts of top, top defenders. And the only way that Pepe and Ramos could stop him was kick lumps out of him. And it was the only the only time that they did that, really. I know they were aggressive, but 
they just turned into proper animals when they played against Messi, and just that's all. That's the only way they could stop him. He did a lot of good uh, through balls to the likes of Xavi and, and Pedro and stuff to get them chances, and obviously his two goals. One of them, I think, was the most famous El Clasico goal, um, which is his second, where again he was on the halfway line, passed it to Busquets. Busquets did a, an amazing assist. Um, which you can see where he just touches the ball and then Messi continues his run, dribbles past Ramos, Marcelo, I think possibly um, Alonso as well and then just slots it past Casillas with his weak foot. And this was this was a bigger occasion than the Ronaldinho one. It was a Champions League semi-final, El Clasico and it was, yeah, I think it, I think that's his most iconic performance and it was the most iconic Barcelona win, really. I mm. suppose what Tom was saying earlier with the whole Xavi and Iniesta debate um, and that he had them to help, fair enough. But in this game, it was all messy. Yeah. It was all messy. Like... I know there were some other games, like against Arsenal when Messi got four. I mean, I think Xavi had a pretty amazing game that game. But this this game, the midfield, it wasn't really much going on. It was it was all up top and it was all Messi, really. He was involved in everything. So I, yeah. I think when we do our final list, I think he should be on quite high up. But I know, I know I've had a mare with a few, but <laughs> I can't believe it. This hasn't made either of your guys top ten. Don't try and put it back on us. Oh, I had um, <laughs> to try and deflect some of the. But Don't you, you want to? Uh, should we go through our top tens just to remind yeah. everyone? Tom, you go first. Cool. My top ten. Number ten was Perlo versus England. Then it was Messi versus Bayern. Although you could have had Messi versus anyone. Then it was Bell versus Inter. Then it was DVG versus West Ham. Then our Sharvin versus Liverpool. Big number five was Lewandowski's big five against Wolfsburg. <laughs> Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid. Beckham versus Greece in three. Ronaldo versus Man United in two. And Zidane versus Brazil as my number one. Jordan. Nice. So, yeah, my number 10 was Omri versus Inter or Real Madrid. Uh, number nine was Petr Cech versus Bayern. Number eight was Luis Suarez. Number seven was David Beckham versus Greece. Number six was Neymar versus PSG. Number five was Ronaldo versus uh, Atletico. Uh, number four was Messi versus Arsenal. Number three was Ronaldo versus United. So that's uh, R9. Number two was Zidane versus Brazil. And number one was Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid. And my number 10 was De Gea versus Arsenal. My number nine was Neuer versus Algeria. My number eight was Bale versus Inter Milan. My number seven was Mbappe versus Argentina. My number six was Zidane versus Brazil. Number five, Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid. Number four, Gerard versus West Ham. Number three, Henri versus Inter Milan. Number two, Cristiano Ronaldo versus Sweden. And number one, Messi versus Real Madrid. Nice. So we had, okay. I mean, we had some of the same that kind of overlapped. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know how you want to do it, whether you want to start at the top or at the bottom. It might be easier nearer the top because I can think of five that seems to be on everyone's. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, so start- I, I sh- I've admitted, obviously, I've dropped the ball on that Ronaldo versus Man United. That should be well up there. Mm. Zidane versus Brazil, I think, was everyone's top five or six. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldinho versus Madrid was everyone's top five. Beckham and versus Greece was yeah. Beckham versus Greece. Yeah. Omri as well, Inter and Madrid. Um, so I say we start from 10 then. So I had Omri versus Inter or Madrid, uh, but I'm very conscious that should be higher. Joe, well, I think Lewandowski should be on the list as well. Somewhere. Whether, whether you choose Wolfsburg or Real Madrid, whatever you think is a better game. Let's put him on number 10. Yeah. Because we didn't put him on, you didn't Either. say him, I didn't say him, and it wouldn't be fair to put him higher, any, any higher. But mm. he has to, has to be on the list. Let's put him number 10. Jordan, did you, you didn't have Bale on versus Inter Milan. No. Um, that was on mine and Tom's. Do you know what? I did consider that one. I don't know about you. Suarez won... I think you're right, Jack. The Norwich game. Only the fact that it was Norwich. Yeah. I get um, it was an amazing game. But um Yeah, I can take that one out. I'm not I'm not too fussed about that one. It was, um, we'll, it was t- good... we'll take the keepers out, won't we? Because realistically they're not yeah. they're not gonna make the list. So, so do you want Balen versus yeah. Inter at nine? Yeah, sounds good to me. Eight was um, Suarez for me. I mean Henri versus Inter is high up on mine. That's number three. But um, I mean, he, he wasn't to be on, on Tom's. It. Yeah, he needs, yeah, to, he be needs on to be on it. I guess yeah. seven or eight, one of them. Put him as number eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, number good. seven going to be. I had for number seven DVG versus West Ham. I'll go with that. I had him at four, yeah. but I'm happy with that. Six. 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 Sorry. Six. I had Neymar. So, of these PSG um, Jack who did you have near there I had Zidane versus Brazil but of course that's going to be higher up yeah, um, one I had at number two which is probably too high but I think he needs to be in here somewhere Cristiano Ronaldo yeah um, I do that one I mean I had him versus Sweden I had him versus Liverpool yeah and I had him I had him versus uh, Atletico uh, for Juve but similar type of performance yeah, really. they are really I mean whether you say one's his best international one's his best club because I, I I do agree actually that that I think his performance there for Juve was actually better than any individual performance he had for Real Madrid and okay. um, but I just think his best one was for Portugal but I'm happy with either one or we can we could do a joint seven on that if you want yeah let's do that joint seven yeah just to recap then, the top five. Um, so we had Lewandowski at 10. We had Bale at 9. Henri at 8. Mm-hmm. Gerard at 7. Mm-hmm. And Cristiano Ronaldo at 6. So that is uh, 10 to 6. And then now I think we've got the similar sort of five. Top five. So am I right in thinking you've got a messy performance on there? You've got Ronaldo... Versus Man United, Beckham versus Greece, Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid, Zidane versus Brazil. I'm happy to put Beckham. Um, Beckham for me was number seven. Tom was. I, I think Beckham was, was five. Two. 
five. Yeah, have him five. He can't go higher than five then because he's not even on my list, admittedly, because I didn't watch it. But Decker number five. So number four, again, I have Messi versus Arsenal around that area. The Real Madrid game just was better than the Arsenal one. Is that because your butt hurt or is that? (laughs) No, it just was a a bigger stage and he was just better all round in that game. Are you I happy mean, he to did put score that below Ronaldinho's performance? Versus, I mean, I wide. think I think the Messi one was better just because it was a bigger game again. But I mean, you guys didn't even have that on the list, so I don't think. Yeah, really, let's put it in. Much higher. I'm happy to put that in. If it was against, you know, it's against Real Madrid, and it's he did dominate that game. And like you said, it was that Madrid team did go on to win certain things after that. Didn't they? So, so the top three is going to be Ronaldo versus Man United. Yeah. Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid and Zidane versus Brazil. So we just have to sort out the order. I, I think, think Ronaldo versus I... United is going to be third. I don't know about you, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have that one on my list, but I mean I admit obviously I dropped the ball <laughs> on that, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's just Ronaldinho and Zidane. Tom you had Zidane number one. Yeah. I was debated between the two of them. Jack, you had them like number six or something, didn't you? They, yeah, I mean, I had them five and six, so it's a flip of a coin. Same for me. It I'm, was completely... I'm more than happy to put Ronaldinho number two and Zidane number one. Zidane day... was the bigger game because it was a World Cup quarterfinal. Ronaldinho was just a league a league match. Even yeah. though it was El Clasico, it was just a league match. So And Ronaldinho was in that game versus Zidane. Um, and got dominated. Yeah. He did get but then, but then they got each other, didn't they? Yeah, vice versa. <laughs> yeah. It did happen the same way. But seeing as Adam was a bit older, probably by a year. I think that's ultimately why that that even is on it because of how old he was and he wasn't. He was really good in the World Cup, but this was sort of the first game that you sort of remembered. Oh yeah, he was so so good back in the day, and this is like a throwback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so our so our final ten then. Is Lewandowski versus what are we saying, Wolfsburg or either or either or Wolfsburg or Madrid at ten. We've got Gareth Belvis Inter Milan at nine. We've got Henri versus Inter Milan at eight. We've got Gerard yeah. versus West Ham at seven. And we've got Ronaldo versus Sweden at six. We've got Beckham versus Greece at five. We've got Messi versus Real Madrid at four. We've mm-hmm. got R9 vs Man United at three. We've got Ronaldinho versus Real Madrid at two. And we've got Zidane versus Brazil at one. Gosh. That's a nice, nice little list there, isn't it? Yeah. And so, again, it makes sense as well. It does now, doesn't it? It's weird how... It, I suppose this is what we do. We make sense of uh, different games and... To be fair, I didn't know if you, I didn't know if you'd have Zidane Brazil on the list. Obviously, I thought I figured that you would, but because he didn't score, I didn't know if, and I didn't know if people would remember it. But I mean, I, yeah, this was one of the big international games that you couldn't really forget yeah, how good he was. I think you could just see, you know, out of all those players there, they're just outstanding for their teams, and you take any one of those players out of the team those teams that they played for, I don't think those teams would have won as much as they did. So, to, to say, for instance, do you take Ronaldinho out of 
uh, Barca or Ronaldo out of Real Madrid or Messi out of Barcelona or, you know, if Beckham wasn't there to take that free kick versus Greece, Stevie G wasn't at Liverpool, Omri wasn't there, you know, for Arsenal. You take any one of those players out, not just for those particular games, but... For the season or... Yeah, anything. You take any one of them out, it's just... That's it, those teams would not be what they were. And it just shows you there's there's a lot of class players, but these ones here are, are the top of their game and they, they drag teams through. They they win games by themselves. I mean you you know, Beckham we talked about it, Beckham's mental game. You mentioned Mbappe, didn't you, Jack? Um th- that moment he, he he rose from yeah from the ground in the World Cup and obviously rival fans clapping for Ronaldinho, you know, star moments for these world-class players. So they win games, you win your points, and you need those in your team. And I think we're lacking a lot. I mean, look, I, I said last week before we did this podcast, I said Eden Hazard, you know, should be dominating this list. And to be honest, I could list a load of individual performances from him, but they wouldn't compare to what's on, on this list at the moment. But mm-hmm. there's players like him, you know, I think he's the real last player I, I can think of who have these individual moments week in, week out. I mean, it's weird to say that because it's, you know, you, you you expect an individual performance to be like a one-off. But some of these players, I think we mentioned, mentioned a couple of times, like Messi. You know, Tom, you said that Messi can be mentioned for different games, and he has. Uh, Ronaldinho, there's all those players. Henri, we've, I, I had two by myself, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's plenty more that we haven't mentioned. Mm. Um, it's just, I don't know, there's some world-class players out there and I think we're lacking that world-class-ness that makes sense no one's really dominating I can't name one at the moment can you? Mm, it's hard because they don't resonate with you as much I mean it's it's consistent I mean there's consistent players like we talk about Lewandowski and he's still banging in goals every week but yeah he's not had a he's not had an eye-catching yeah Mbappe too but they've not had an eye-catching performance like some of these mentioned, I yeah. think, mm. for, for a couple of years. No, it's crazy. But it just shows you how blessed we was um, to have these players up for us anyway, growing up. But we've come to that time of the week where um, we've got the FT shout-out. Uh, Jack, you're going to tell us this one. Yeah, so it's just um, a Twitter page that a few of us have, have been reading some of the, the guy's articles. So his name is Reese Chambers. Um, so if you follow him on Twitter at underscore Reese Chambers, he's a freelance football writer and he, he does sort of articles on, on various topics. A lot of it is Liverpool based. If you are a Liverpool fan out there. Uh, so, yeah, give him a shout out and let him know that we sent you over, basically. Um, but moving on to what we're going to do next week. We are going to do the top 10 players that the streets won't forget. And we will leave it at that now. And you can tune in next week to find out exactly what that means. That's it. Streets will not forget. Keep that in your mind for a week, all right? Think what that means, yeah? You may already know what that means, but keep it in your mind. You'll be excited for next week. But yeah, before I leave, right, Jack, I've got a bone to pick with you. Or should I say my dad's got a bone to pick with you? In the previous yeah. episode, you said that Lundberg brought you into football. He just wanted to say, right, it wasn't him. He, apparently, my dad brought you into football. Right. 
I don't believe that. If anything, you would have. Not not your dad. Surely it would have been you more than. Listen, I should have messaged you, but he's he's fuming with you, boy. He's fuming. Oh, I'll have to stay here then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Look, I can't wait for next week's one. It's going to be a good one. Um, and as ever, um, like, comment, and subscribe. Go to um, our, our Twitter page uh, at FTLOL Podcast, Instagram, on all the socials, basically. So do give us a follow. But yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Keep well, keep safe, keep it FTLOL. Peace and love, people. See you next week for another For the Love of List segment. Remember to follow our Twitter at FTLOL Podcast and to like, comment, and subscribe.